1: It's now seven minutes past eight. The forum this morning, we look at moves to recapitalize at the South African Airways business. SAA has been surviving on a 5 billion rand guarantee from the Treasury and has battled to make a return in the face of high fuel costs, weak rand and strong competition from other carriers. According to the 2012 annual report, SAA's net debt was 12.8 billion rand against 443 million rand in equity, a ratio of 29.1, making the business vulnerable and unbalanced. The airline reported a uh, £1.25 billion rand loss last year. The new CEO's long-term turnaround strategy seeks to find, among others, a balance between the commercial and developmental mandate for the airline and also terminate loss-making routes. Monoabi well, Sikalawe presented the airline's long to turnaround strategy to a parliamentary committee this weekend. Uh, he joins us in the studio. The question we asked, though, is. Uh, the new turnaround strategy, will it make SAA financially viable? A very good morning to you, Mr. Galway. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us. And before you say corrections, Lisa, I know you're about to tell me that you've uh, made a profit of about over 300 million rand. <laughs> am I correct?
0: No comments. <laughs> but, but let's talk
1: about the salient points of the of the strategy. We had a conversation yesterday about what are some of the options, but... What do you think
0: are the pillars of you turning around the airline? Um, thanks for the opportunity, to be so. Um The first one would be a recapitalisation of the balance sheet. Uh, in your opening remarks, you correctly pointed out that the balance sheet is weak. So that would be, in our view, number one priority. The second one would be a review, a comprehensive review, review of our global network uh, to eliminate uh, loss-making routes as well as refleet the airline uh, to mitigate effects of high fuels. Um, let me talk a, a little bit about the loss-making routes. Um, we currently um, operate um, to the east um, as well as to the west of Africa um, a number of routes, and almost all of them uh, are making losses. Mm-hmm. Now, in making the decision uh, to withdraw from those routes, uh, we would have to consult um, with the relevant cov- government departments, such as tourism, trade and industry, and so on. And,
1: and when you say, uh, which routes are this, and, and are they mainly international?
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all routes um, outside of Africa, and um, mm-hmm. all of them are loss-making. Now, some of those routes um, are of strategic importance uh, to the country. Um, some of those routes uh, lead to countries that form uh, the BRICS pack. Um, So when you make decisions to withdraw, you have to consult um, with the government departments who are responsible for trade and and tourism. Now those consultations uh, are currently taking place. The outcome of those consultations could be that you continue to operate a route and we develop a mechanism uh, Mm. to ensure that the route is sustainable or we completely exit. exit Are
1: we talking about uh, the Mumbai and Beijing?
0: That's correct. Okay. Correct, yeah.
1: Now, the minister has said that, uh, obviously, as you've mentioned, that there are some sensitivities around that, considering that there are diplomatic consequences. What what is the alternative if these are
0: loss-making routes? Um, I mean, let's look at uh, best practice in other countries. If you look at the uh, the UAE as an example, um, they've ring fenced uh, some of the loss-making routes. And the relevant government departments, maybe tourism, um, would contribute financially uh, to okay. ensure that uh, those routes are sustainable. And so that would be the the second point. Um, I want to come back and talk about refleting to mitigate the effects of high fuel. Currently, uh, on this long route, let's take Beijing, we operate uh, the A340 uh, planes. These things have got four four engines. When we procured them the price of fuel was below uh, $50 per barrel. Mm. Uh, As of yesterday, I think it was sitting at 112. So it's become highly uneconomic um, for us to operate on those roads. The process of refitting the airline uh, is to ensure that uh, we procure planes that are fuel-efficient, that allow us uh, to travel, travel to, to this long destination. But, but what
1: would happen then to the current f- fleet? Is it, what is it, f- 54 aircraft at the moment?
0: Um, in total, uh, these, these are small aircraft and large aircraft, mm-hmm. they are about 54.
1: So what would happen then? Would
0: you then have to sell and buy? That's correct, that's correct. So you would um, replace the large ones uh, that are fuel inefficient with new ones that are fuel e- efficient. So it mm-hmm. would be part of the package. So whoever uh, supplies the new white-body planes to us would also have to find a mechanism to take away from us the existing fuel in- inefficient planes. It happens in the industry. Uh, I, I hear the question coming on, how are you going to raise the capital? For <laughs> we, we, uh, I'll come back to that question. Mm-hmm. The third pillar uh, is on driving cost savings very hard. Um, currently, the organisation has got a, a huge uh, cost structure. Um, you are talking about 11, 12 uh, financial numbers off the top of my head. The revenue was just under 24 billion rands for that year, and the total operating costs were about 24.5 billion. So you can see that the cost, the cost structure mm. is, is very high. That's an area, and um, that's receiving a lot of attention. In fact, there's a specific project that we've developed called cost compression. It's focusing on reducing that cost structure. The next pillar is driving growth uh, into the rest of Africa aggressively. There are huge opportunities uh, in Africa. Africa has seven out of the ten fastest growing economies in the world. The middle class is growing. There's about a billion people that need to be moved. Transport infrastructure is underdeveloped. That offers huge opportunities uh, for an airline group. So we see Africa as our growth engine. And then the, the, the last, um, last pillar uh, of, of our strategy is around migrating into a new group structure. Uh, and the reason we want to do that is because we want to extract synergies uh, between the business units uh, that make up our organization. So those would be the key elements uh, that make up our strategy. Okay.
1: So uh, let's first start with what would be the first thing to do. I mean, you've, you've mentioned quite a number of things, but there they are key priorities, and mainly that is to make sure that you become self-sufficient as an airline. The government has made it very clear that it's looking at a situation where you're no longer coming to it for handouts, so to speak. Um, it's giving you a five billion rand guarantee of of what, how much is it? One point five billion rand of that has really been used, but What are you going to do? You've mentioned the environment, a very tough global environment. I mentioned that 398 million rand in terms of profits that you've already uh, managed to secure this year. But it's still a tough environment, just also in terms of customer demand. You've mentioned the high fuel prices, uh, fleets that maybe may not be compatible with the current environment, some of them that need perhaps a great deal of maintenance, What would be the first step in implementing your strategy? And how long-term? Because this is a 20-year
0: strategy. Look, um, in each of the years that make up the 20 years, there are key priorities that are captured on the compact that exists between the shareholder and SAA. And some of these key priorities um, are captured on the performance contracts, annual performance contracts mm-hmm. that executives sign with the with the board. But coming back to your question, uh, in terms of immediate priorities, um, one would be cash preservation. Um, we're driving that very hard, and and the second one would be um, costs. Um, there is a, a very aggressive program uh, to really drive down, uh, drive down costs. And from my perspective, uh, it's, it's progressing well. In parallel, start deploying our equipment uh, into Africa. Um, you Maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, the number of frequencies uh, to various countries in Africa is increasing mm-hmm. as, as part of the, the long-term turnaround strategy. Um, I'll cite a few examples. Um, Mauritius, uh, our, our frequencies have increased. Dar es Salaam, our frequencies have increased. Kinshasa, our frequencies have, in, have increased. Mango, uh, I think from the 8th of September, has started flying to Zanzibar. So we we want to increase utilization of the equipment uh, that we have. Mm. That will help you uh, improve improve profitability.
1: But that's against a backdrop of 11% in terms of international traffic that's gone down and 10% domestic traffic. You were talking about keeping the costs down earlier on. AXA has just spent about 17 billion rand in airport infrastructure. It's thought that it may seek about 133% in airport charges. Already uh, that's putting you in a difficult uh, position. Uh, ATNs may seek a rise of 33% in the first three years.
0: Look, I mean, those are uh, very tough discussions uh, that the airline group would have to have uh, with the uh, with the organization mm-hmm. such as the Airports Company as well as ATNS. In fact, if I can quickly uh, walk you through the main cost items uh, that I think uh, are going to be yeah, of, of great pressure. Um, yeah. you, you, you've spoken about fuel. Um, mm-hmm. That's priority. Uh, leases, uh, because we lease we most of our aircraft. that uh, would be a second priority. The cost of our maintenance uh, unit um, is going it's to be another priority. The general and admin uh, costs, that's going to be another priority. Airport and navigation, the bond that we're making, uh, is another priority. And the last one uh, would be would be labour. Um, labour uh, would we'll focus on reducing costs as well as improving, improving productivity. Let's talk about
1: uh, fuel, IATA projecting that, for instance, it it foresees, uh, not in the uh, the near future, in 2020, for instance, uh, oil prices going up to about 200 U.S. uh, dollars a barrel. That's going to be quite tough. And if we're talking about innovation and fuel-efficient airlines, that itself has been seen as an expensive
0: exercise because of the biofuels that are involved. Look, um, you. In the area of fuel, there are some initiatives that, you, that, that we are driving uh, in the business. For example, um, we are engaging with ATNS uh, to help us design the right flat, flight paths mm. um, to save fuel. Um, the amount of uh, weight uh, that we carry on the aircraft, um, whether it's in the form of food uh, that's loaded on, on the aeroplanes, those are attempts um, that the leadership team uh, is driving to try and reduce the amount of fuel um, mm. that, that is utilised on these aircraft. And,
1: and not to go off course, but if you're talking about space, for instance, there's, uh, there are some airlines that are using uh, new plane models, which will see people putting their luggage either in the front seats or in different parts. But that means investing in new aircraft, new technology. Is that something that you would consider yourself?
0: Um, Yes, we would. I mean, if you look at the new A320s, uh, two of them uh, were delivered uh, in in July, you would notice that um, we've taken out a lot of additional items that would have carried in the past, as one measure uh, to mitigate the the high high fuel costs. So, yes, um, when we bring in these new aircraft as we move forward, we're going to bring in new aircraft that are sensitive uh, to these rapidly increasing fuel costs.
1: Okay, it, we're going to take calls in just a moment. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero eight oh eight nine one one zero four two eight. We're looking at SAA's new turnaround strategy, and the question we're asking is whether or not it will help make SAA financially viable. Perhaps we should go into the more difficult areas because that also determines how you will run your business. The the Minister being very emphatic about the fact that you have two mandates commercial and developmental and they expect you to follow their strategy in line with that and meet that mandate. How will you then ensure that your strategy falls within these prescripts?
0: Look um, we We have more or less agreed the areas of focus to satisfy the shareholder in terms of the developmental mandate. Mm -hmm. Um, The one area uh, is to ensure that uh, South Africa is connected to markets that are in support of the country's trade and tourism agenda, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I mentioned earlier that we, we can't make those commercial decisions to withdraw from routes on our own, that's because SAA has got a developmental mandate to support our government in driving economic growth in the country. So we've agreed that. The, the second area would be ar- around transformation. As I'm sitting here today, uh, the transformation levels uh, in, in, in SAA are not something to be proud of. Our overall BE score is sitting at level 5. Mm. Now, it, it's not acceptable that an organization owned by, a sta- by the state should be sitting at uh, level 5. Um, you should be sitting at a level better than 3, uh, closer closer to, to 2. So that's going to be uh, an area of focus. And the third area is to ensure that we manage airlines so that it's got positive impact on the economy of South Africa. Towards the end of 2012, there was an economic impact assessment study done uh, by the London School of Economics, um, the f- results that we got from the study um, indicated that our group contributes approximately 0.3% to the country's GDP, and c- has created direct and indirect jobs of about 35,000. So, when our shareholder talks about developmental mandate, those are the areas that we were created. We should focus on.
1: All right, we're taking calls on 0891-104-208 and we do have on the line Mr. Lyndon Burns. He's a managing director of uh, Plane Talking Planners and P L A N E. Very good morning to you, Mr. Burns. Uh, quite a, a challenging uh, thing to do, given, as I mentioned, the the environment. You have to ensure diversification on, on some level of revenue, but looking at the range of Geographical markets sectors and geopolitical um, influences. Do you think the turnaround strategy that's being tabled will meet the mandate that's really been given to SAM? Uh,
2: good morning, Sirfiso, and good morning also to Monowebisi. I think yes. You know, uh, um, as it appears on paper, I think this is going to be a, um, uh, a very good strategy. Um, Uh, And I think as Manwabisi has said, you know, it's a living document, it's a work in progress. There are going to be uh, some things revealed over time that we don't necessarily know about right now. But I think, you know, um, finally getting, you know, uh, clarity on the dual mandate of the airline, the fact that it needs to be to serve both a development uh, mandate to government, um, supporting things like the BRICS strategy and things like that, as well as being commercially sustainable. I think those are, that, that is already a fundamental breakthrough. I think what we still need, though, is some agreement on and finding a common ground on what actually do we mean by commercially sustainable because, um, you know, I think some people in cer- certain spheres of government expect that to mean uh, a profit in terms of an orthodox accounting measure when I think what it calls for is a more lateral uh, thinking approach and a measure of what does the airline contribute in terms of economic enablement to the country. Um, and, and the two are not necessarily one and the same thing. Um, uh, and I think as soon as we can find common ground on that, then the airline will have more focus. Everybody will be able to align their policies in government to support that and then we could see SAA achieving the sort of gains and growth that we've seen other state-owned carriers like Ethiopian which at the moment is achieving 14% growth per annum yeah.
3: uh,
2: and, and is you know a, a very profitable outfit I think you know, there's no reason why once we have all the fundamentals in place within government and the policies are, are aligned that the strategy Shouldn't work and deliver those results.
1: Just in terms of uh, capital raising, capital for the plan itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, there, there are people who are very sceptical about SAA's ability to get itself out of the hole, so it's
2: That it's in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that is because, you know, in the past, for whatever reason, you know, the focus uh, of previous strategies was uh, cut, cut costs, stop spending money. Well, you know, any, anyone can can stop spending money, but you're going to, you know, stop spending to the point where you go out of business. Um, the thing about uh, running a business is that obviously you want to keep your costs as low as possible, but at the same time you've got to grow your revenue, and to grow revenue you've got to obviously have um, an investment in equipment, in systems, in people um, that can do the job. Um, and the. The, the key problem with SAA was that it was never adequately capitalized. It had this sort of you know, piecemeal hand-to-mouth um, uh, uh, you know, set of rescues, all very short-term, but never sufficient to say, right, you know, here's a 20-year plan. This is the vision for the future. This is what we're in for you know, over that period. Let's provision for it properly, mm. uh, as opposed to little Band-Aid um, you know, uh, rescue packages.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Burns. Lyndon Burns, Managing Director of Plain Talking. We are taking your calls on 0891 Your SMS is on three four seven zero one two rand per SMS. We're in conversation with Manwari He's the South African Airways CEO. They've just tabled the new turnaround strategy. It's a 20-year yes. plan. Uh, let's go to what Mr. Burns was talking about. Uh, about being commercially sustainable and he mentioned the sort of pressure to contribute to the economy and it has been found that air travel is sensitive to fluctuations in GDP and financial shocks. So how are we going to overcome that given our growth forecast?
0: Look, successful airlines, um, in our view, um, do two things. One is disciplined management of costs um, I mean, as you can see in the world those airlines that have survived the tough economic times that we've experienced over the past five to eight years mm-hmm. they've done so through disciplined uh, management of costs. A national airline uh, such as SAA also needs to work in an environment that has got what we refer to as a whole of state aviation policy where all members of the aviation community work together to benefit the country or a city that they operate in. Again, I like to refer uh, to to the examples uh, in the UAE, Etihad, um, and and Emirates. They operate in an environment where um, aviation decisions are taken by each member in the aviation group in the best interests uh, of the the country. An example would be, when you want to apply for a visa to visit those countries, it's a very quick process, um, allows you to get into Emirates or Etihad to fly to the country so that you can spend money to benefit uh, the economies on on those countries. An immediate challenge that's facing us in South Africa is the introduction of transit visas. And that has had a negative impact not only to South African uh, airlines, it also had a a huge negative impact on the airport company because people... Uh, who are wanting to come to, to other African countries through South Africa are now avoiding coming to Tambo Airport because of this requirement mm. of transi- transit visas. I want
1: us to go th- mm. back to the issue of transit visas later on, but when you cite examples such as Emirates and what their successes are, it's being said, for instance, that a great deal of the important strateg- uh, and strategic decisions are made by aviation experts. And the fact that you find that government Interference, and I'll put that in inverted commas because it depends on where you sit, uh, that is to a minimal. And yet we have the Department of Public Enterprises saying now that it's looking to possibly increase its oversight role because it wants to make sure that SAA uh, remains viable and keeps to its mandate.
0: Um, the, The increased oversight role of SAA talks to close observation of progress that we're making um, on our implementation plan. Let's go back uh, to the past nine, ten years. You are right when you say a number of strategies were developed, and those strategies failed um, for one main reason. Uh, They were not supported by a well-thought-out implementation strategy. And secondly, there was no governance mechanism to make sure that promises made on the implementation plan are delivered. This time around we've developed a strategy, a holistic strategy, there's an implementation plan, there's a governance mechanism that allows public enterprises, it allows national treasury, it allows parliament Mm -hmm. to have oversight over the progress that, that, that we're making.
1: And that leads us into a whole number of areas in terms of regulation as well. We'll get to that in just a moment, Mr. Kalawe. But we are taking your calls on 891 uh, Do call us on this number. 34701 is our hotline number at 2 ramp per SMS. So we're in conversation with Mona Sikalawe, Galawe, South African Airways CEO, talking to us about their turnaround strategy that they've just launched. 8.30, update of your news headlines now with Bakshni Chetty. 26 minutes to 9 now. Let's find out what to expect on morning talk today with Rowena Bird. She's on the line. Hi Rowena. Hi. Hello Sophie. so you there? <laughs> Technology. Hi, so Coming up on Morning Talk today, we will profile Gordi's African Peoples Convention. Uh, morning Talk often does this with various political parties across the board. Uh, that's going to be in the first hour. Then we'll talk about the World Economic Forum's Global Competitiveness Index for 2013-2014. In our business slot, we ask why SMEs are struggling to grow in the current economic environment, and we'll also feature an initiative which aims to reduce pedestrian fatalities. A bit of this, that, and the other. You know how it goes. Thanks to Piso. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks, Rowena. She's back again at 9 o'clock till 12 midday. Rowena Bird on Morning Talk, 25 minutes to 9. Now we continue with our conversation on the Forum. The question we ask him, will the new turnaround strategy make SAA viable? We're in conversation with uh Bicalawe, South African Airways CEO in the studio with us we're also taking your calls 0891 104 help us answer this question I'll read your SMSs in just a moment but I've got Nicholas on the line Nicholas I believe you've been making a hold for quite a bit apologies for that what what is your question or how would you like to answer our question
3: Uh, Good morning. I don't want to sound negative particularly, but um, I'm not surprised to hear after half an hour of the program that the word service or customer service or customer care hasn't been used once. Um, As a long-suffering victim of South African airways, um, I'm, I'm distressed that even in this conversation that there's no thought given to the interaction between the customer and the company. My experience of SAA on the ground specifically, because once you're in the air, airplanes are more or less the same, um, etc. But on the ground, the lackadaisical service of SAA is legendary. It's seen as a semi-government organization. The staff don't care terribly much. And the runnings that I've had in with SAA over the years and the attempts to approach management with letters, telephone conversations etc have always been met with a sort of standard uh, form that comes back uh, with no real consideration and care given to the the, the customer mm-hmm. and so much so that a year ago I decided uh, as a, a, a Voyager member long standing with SAA I removed my custom to another airline and uh, the opposition to SAA and I have to say it's a glaringly obvious uh, how much better service I receive from the opposition, and it's such a simple thing. It's a very simple factor of having someone across the counter who is interested in your business, cares mm-hmm. and wants you to be there, mm-hmm. and it's it's and that I would think would make a massive difference. And I have to say, as a as a business uh, uh, customer of SAA, travelling every week. Uh, initially, um, a, a lot of my, my colleagues, business colleagues and friends have had the same experience and we've all taken our custom away from SAA. So let's start talking about customer service. Let's start talking about the attitude of SAA towards its customers, which hasn't been mentioned once in this conversation. And I don't, I, I, as a very proud South African, uh, I would love to see uh, the, uh, SAA as a very old and established airline vaguely uh, dragged itself out of a sort of a government department mentality uh, into being with the etihads and and the uh, um the Emirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, get up there and deal with your customer. That's what you actually need to look at in the first instance.
1: Alright, thanks a lot Nicholas. And I must say if uh, we haven't gotten to that point, I should probably take the blink because I thought we were going through it systemically that we were just looking at some of the, the points of um, the strategy. Well we are certainly going to look at that. Uh, let's go to Quazi first in import this, but you want to talk about uh, the level 5 BEE status.
0: Good, good morning Tebuson. Good morning to your listeners. Good morning. Um I, I'm sure you would understand on a Steve good Day, uh my question would be quite relevant. I would like to find out from Mr. Calawaman. Uh can you elaborate a little bit on the on the on the level five P E status? Because we do know that each and every day, SAA is being thrown around as a black failure by some of our competitors in our country. I would like him to delve on the issue of management percentages because we do know on the ownership side, probably sitting at 70% as the country is on the issue of management, on the issue of skills development and the professional procurement. And secondly, I would also like to delve on the issue of uh, foreign pilots. I believe there is a tendency of a lot of foreign pilots being employed there instead Mm -hmm. of a lot of of our own people. Thank you very much, Sipitsu. All right. Thanks, uh,
1: Kwesi. Well, then, Mr. Kalawa, shall we we get to what Nicholas was saying? And it's, I think, a a fair (coughs) point because uh, the brand SAA has taken quite a lot. And if we're talking about consumer demands, just looking at the average price of a ticket, that's jumped, what, 10% in the several past years. And it's been said that, look, if we talk about low-cost airlines and SAA, the two are not commensurate. So uh, that's even just apart from the service features that he spoke about. So, but perhaps just to get to, to address that.
0: Um, so, so thank you. Um, Nicholas has made a very valid point. Um, customer service uh, is one of the five objectives um, that we've developed to respond to this dual mandate uh, mm-hmm. from, from government. Uh, in fact, I thought that that was a point that we're still going to tackle. Um, let mm-hmm. me mention very quickly what these five objectives are. Um, The first one uh, is the developmental mandate that we've spoken about. The second one is commercial sustainability. The third one is providing excellent customer service. Uh, The fourth one is achieving consistent, efficient, and effective operations. And the last one is fostering performance excellence. Specifically on the customer service one, uh, we've developed uh, what we refer to as a customer service experience framework. And the reason we're driving it is because the SAA service is inconsistent – uh, and this is the feedback that we're getting from mm-hmm. passengers, at times it's well class at times it's moderate. Um, we're focusing on getting it right. It must be well class all the time across all areas of, of, of our business. So I take the point that, that Nicholas uh, has made, and it's an area uh, that is receiving attention as part of the long-term. But term are you going to tell
1: us what exactly you're going to do to improve? Uh, I mean, you've got all of these awards, but uh, for some, they don't get that
0: sense look I mean we, we we're starting with uh, the attitude of staff um, at in the check-in desks um right up uh, to to the cabin. Mm. Um, we 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 had reduced the amount of money and time we were spending on soft training and focusing on safety type regulated uh, training as part of previous cost cutting exercise. Uh, that focus uh, is being is being is being brought back. Um, we're focusing on the lounges, uh, we're focusing on the quality of meals Um, that passengers um, receive when they are are inside aircrafts. That's what this customer service experience framework is about.
1: So in terms of the integrated uh, airline group, you spoke about it briefly. um, I suppose this is part of the assessment of your aviation assets and how to make it more financially viable, more efficient. But how is that going to turn out? You're still consulting, I understand that. But how is that going to impact on, on, on some of these areas that you touched on? Because somebody would want to say on par if I'm going to Kulula I have mango at SAA but if you're
0: going to bring that all into one conglomerate Look, I mean, the immediate benefits uh, for passengers from bringing those groups together would be one we think that we're going to be more market competitive in terms of price going forward because bringing them together offers us an opportunity um to reduce um our our cost structure that would be one benefit the second one would be around connectivity connectivity because um the an, an airline like SA Express is a feeder to SAA mm. that connectivity um is is going to improve and then service um across the three airlines we will set um, a similar standa- standard across across the airlines. So
1: how are you going yeah. to do that? Also, when you have a situation where you have some governments who have increased uh, customer duty by about 50%, and just generally the global trend is that customers are going towards low-cost airlines. So you would have to offer some form of incentives yourself. I know that you uh, you you're leveraging off your online services, uh, some of your ancillary revenues, but
0: how are you going to make yourselves more competitive? Look, you you will always find different segments of customers. There'll always be um, customers who prefer a premium service. So uh, this kind of service that's mm. currently provided by SAE will continue to be needed to be needed by certain groups of our community um, the majority of passengers we are seeing a trend uh, are tending to prefer low fares uh, and, and those those passengers are going to be catered for by um, our, our, our airline uh, Mango so you segment the market um, understand the specific requirements of each of the segments and make sure that your product um, responds uh, to that segmentation. Um, that will continue to deliver um, using this, this, mm-hmm. these three airline groups. There was a, a second question around BEE. Um, there, there are two points I want to make around BEE. We've seen a weakness in our concession on enterprise development. Um, we have not supported... Um, small businesses uh, using the SAE uh, SAA businesses we are going to be driving that. And there's a sensitive point made around pilots. Um, yes. almost, almost all our pilots um, are South Africans. Um, um, I don't remember any, any, any pilot uh, who is of foreign origin. The issue there is that more than 80% of those pilots are white. Um, that is the issue um, that the public has been raising and we've responded to it Mm -hmm. uh, through the CADET uh, pilot program that we announced about a month, month and a half ago um, where we are developing uh, men and women from previously disadvantaged backgrounds, so that when opportunities for pilots come up uh, in the business, we give them preference, mm-hmm. so that we change the the profile of our of our of our pilots.
1: Then I suppose that's a, uh, that's the number that we're t- uh, taking who's on. Just by the way, three four seven zero one SMS hotline. I'll read your SMSes in just a moment, but I just wanted to latch on to that quickly, Mr. Kalawe. Then
0: tell us how the Fly SAA policy will work. Um, This is a best practice uh, that we've observed, I think it's in Ethiopia, in Kenya, as well as the US, where those governments have taken a conscious decision that um, if, if a government employee... Is travelling on government business, the requirement is that their first preferred airline that they must use must be an airline that is owned by that specific country. The Minister mentioned this in his presentation uh, to the Portfolio Committee and the Minister and his team will be working together uh, to develop a policy that's going to be presented to government where we'll require uh, government Mm -hmm. employees uh, to give preference uh, to flying with SAA when they are travelling on government business.
1: Oh, eight, nine, one, one, four, two, eight. we are taking your calls on this number. In conversation with SAA CEO about the new turnaround strategy, will it make SAA more financially viable or financially viable? This is a question we're asking. Pilani and so it is says, new or not, the commitment to achieve good, profitable, sustainable is uh, fundamental. And the SAA says, are we going to see direct flights from Cape Town to the UK? Competitors are taking potential customers Pio again in KZN says, can your guest explain what does, what was done with KPMG 2010 report? Second, so can he guarantee that he, there will be corruption involved with a supplier of new fleet? Boussi we'll says the main challenge of facing SAA and peristatial business management, like the king of the Zulus and president Jacob Zuma, the SAA is a liability to the taxpayer. Not sure what you mean there, Boussi, but uh, perhaps if you want to call in and explain it. Barry, in Durban, I have read recently that SAA takes three times more staff against Virgin, for example, to fly a passenger. Is this correct? Tony says, SAA can be called a golden handshake. The previous CEO left with a golden handshake. How will we save on that? Well, Mr. Kalao, perhaps I should get you to answer the question about... Um, The supply of a new fleet, how do we ensure that there is no corruption? And uh, that's P1KZN. And he wants to ask what happened to the KPMG
0: 2010 report. Um, If I can talk about the acquisition of the new white body planes, the process uh, is going to be done uh, strictly according to our governance rules. Um, there is oversight uh, by the board. Uh, there's also going to be oversight uh, by the Department of Public Public Enterprises. Um, I have no concerns, absolutely no concerns, that... Um, there's going to be any level of corruption uh, in, in that tender. I am satisfied and I've looked at our systems, processes. Um, I've looked at the at the capability of our people. Um, the structures that the board has put in place uh, to ensure that uh, we stick to the governance rules are strong ones. Um, mm. I do not expect that uh, any corruption uh, will, will take place on, on that tender.
1: 0891, oh, 10428, one, one, eight, just taking your calls, uh, as I mentioned uh, Barry says, I've read recently that SAA takes three times more staff against Virgin, for example, to fly a passenger. Is this
0: correct? Um, Before we respond to Barry's question, there was a second question that you you wanted me to respond to Oh yes, about the KPMG report. Apologies, yes sir. That's right. Um, I assume that uh, this question refers to an investigation that was done Mm. to one of the previous uh, previous CEOs. Um, That matter is in court. Um, I I have no comments. Um, The the report was presented to the previous board. They made a recommendation that um, the matter must be taken through our, our, our court system, and that is what is happening. Okay. Yeah.
1: And uh, Barry's question about uh, us requiring three
0: times more staff. Um, look, um, when I was listing the areas where there are opportunities to, to reduce costs, one of them uh, was on labour. Um, remember I mentioned that uh, uh, we, we will reduce labour costs um, as well as improve productivity. But before uh, we embark on that, identify areas where we can reduce costs, we are conducting a benchmarking exercise that's going to tell us exactly where those problems lie. I'm hoping that that benchmarking exercise is going to show us the areas where we have low levels of productivity and we'll deal with it.
1: Mr. Galloway, we've got Cecile or is it Cecil? Cecil. Hi, Cecil. You're calling from Cape Town. You used to work for SA. Yeah, good morning. Good
4: morning. Yeah, I uh, used to fly for South African Airways as a pilot, I've just done a trip now as a passenger to uh, the United States and back, which involved uh, four sectors where I flew with different crews. And uh, I must say that the product that South African Airways puts out uh, is, was excellent. I flew uh, business class and it was as i was flying in first class and i had uh, really a wonderful wonderful experience three of those crews those cabin staff crews came out of cape town and uh, one of the things about the cape town crews is that they are very very highly motivated and perhaps the airline could look into why Mm
3: -hmm.
4: those crews are so much happier than the johannesburg crews as I used to fly with Johannesburg as well as uh, Cape Town based crews, So I think we put out a great product uh, and uh, the fact that sometimes the, the, the service perceived by our customers uh, is up and then sometimes down is because of a lack of uh, proper checking uh, by our checking staff. Uh, are on board the aircraft uh, to maintain a certain standard. But uh, more than anything, it's got to do with the leadership of the cabin
5: crew that
4: are on board there. And uh, Cape Town just seems to have a wonderful mix of people there who put that out. As far as the pilots are concerned, pilots are not picked from trees. They come from lots and lots of experience and lots and lots of time. The airline most certainly wants to have the best pilots available. And whether they are white or black or wherever they might be, that should always be the prime concern. Developing new pilots is a wonderful thing, but shunting them in ahead of time is most unfair on the pilot and, of course, on the customers. Thank you for an interesting program.
1: Thank you, Cecil. And uh, Uh, Before I get you to answer that, Mr. Kaloa, there's another question from Sebastian in Cape Town here. Uh, He's asking why there's not enough domestic flights, voyager seats to connect with international flights. And another one here says... Let's not forget that we are a third world-developing country. Why not sell out to BA, Aeroflot, uh, or Lufthansa? They'll make it work without all the devious excuses. And uh, this one says, Hi, episode you guess what's the rationale for such a lengthy period to execute a turnaround strategy? 20 years. Okay, Mr. Kala, i actually get you to answer that. And that's why you're at it when you talk about this 20-year turnaround strategy. What's, we, what's unique about it? and if I could just also throw in my own question and that's about partnerships we, we're talking about giving ourselves a competitive edge what kind of partnerships are we looking at uh, and are we going to be looking at liberalizing perhaps the aviation market a little bit more, just if we're talking about improving our current condition
0: right, Um let me start with your question about what is unique about our strategy Um. Our view is that this current strategy is a holistic one. The previous strategies that people keep referring to um, focused on specific segments of our business, Mm -hmm. either a division uh, of SAA or a region such as domestic or or, or regional or or, or international. So it's holistic. It's homegrown. Uh, It was developed by the management team together with with the board. That gives pride to the strategy, it gives accountability, it gives ownership. The strategy addresses what we believe at the heart of issues that make for a successful airline. The networks, the alliances, the fleet, the cost, service and growth. It is supported by an implementation plan. It's got specific initiatives, it's got timelines, it's got people allocated to them. There's governance and oversight uh, to ensure that the plan is delivered. Governance by the board, by the shareholder, national treasury and, 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 and government. For for me, uh, that is what is, is unique uh, about the strategy uh, compared to, to the others. Your question uh, on partnerships, um, for us to move forward, for us to grow, uh, we're going to have to form partnerships. Let's take the SAE technical business that does maintenance on aircrafts. 10, 15 years ago, it used to be one of the best in the world. We want to go back to what uh, that division used to be like uh, in the past. And for us to re- to regain that capability, we're going to have to form partnerships with successful maintenance organizations in the world. We've identified uh, a handful, and my colleagues uh, are visiting the sites to begin to negotiate transfer of skills and capabilities uh, back to SAA. So that is what, um, that is what we mean uh, by partnerships. And then the other points that were raised by by Cecil. Cecil is right. And because I've only been in the business for about three months, I have not had an opportunity to visit all the sites. The feedback that is given is very encouraging when he says that within SAE there are pockets of excellence. Mm -hmm. Cape Town Mm -hmm. might be that pocket of excellence. We want to copy that and roll it out uh, throughout throughout the business. And as far as uh, pilots are concerned and safety when it comes to pilots, One of the exciting things about the SAE business, uh, and and the public uh, doesn't know about this, this organization has got an impeccable safety record. I mean, it's uh, international people uh, know that. They tell us. Uh, It's got an impeccable safety safety record. And the second one uh, is our world-class on-time departure statistics. Uh, We've won awards compared to the best Mm -hmm. airlines in the world. So even though you've got all these problems around SAE, they are very strong pockets of excellence, and one of them is safety. I'm glad that Cecil has raised it. When we develop pilots from previously disadvantaged backgrounds, SAA does not intend to compromise on safety. Okay, and yeah. to Sebastian's question about, before
1: we come to Yumsandile, um if you can just very briefly, why there are not enough domestic flights, voyager seats to connect with international flights?
0: Um, look, um, there is a, a limited number, um, of, of, of. it's deliberate, I mean you go to any airline that has got a frequent flyer program, um, there is a limited number uh, of, of seats that are allocated uh, in each aircraft for economic reasons. Um, yes, people will have frustrations when there is a big demand to use, to use that route, but it is standard practice in, in, in the airline game uh, to limit the seats.
1: Nusayn Dele in Porto, Elizabeth, you actually talk about uh, customer service plus profitability. Good morning. Wonderful Come again? Yes, now we can read you Hi
5: Yes, good morning Uh, Listen, uh, two questions Uh, One is, uh, you know, in most cases uh, I'm able to identify myself with an airline as a customer Because that airline has identified me as its target market Mm. And uh, to to a large degree If anyone uh, asks themselves uh, if they're able to identify with SAA's FAA, target market, it would, be, it would be very difficult to get because uh, their marketing strategy does not seem to identify anyone that they would want to be uh, part of their clientele. If you, if, if you, if you ask uh, Virgin who they are targeting, it would be easy to get, and so would uh, Virgin's target market also. Right. Okay. So the first question is, uh, who are they really targeting and how are they getting that message across Sandy, to their
1: target market? I've got a, a minute. I hope you'll allow me right. I, I'm No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, f- I'm sorry, and I've only got like, literally a minute so that he can answer your question. So I, please forgive me. I'm just going to allow Mr. Kalawi to answer that one question.
0: Um, if I can quickly respond to that question. Um, we, we know um, who... Our target market is um, through the uh, the systems that we use to capture people on our frequent flyer program, um, uh, Voyager. Outside of that program, um, we don't have records uh, of of the people who fly to the airline. When we upgrade our IT infrastructure and IT systems, it will allow us uh, to keep track of, the, of, the, of those individuals. So in the next year, year and a half, we will know exactly who our target Individuals are and what their specific requirements are.
1: Leonard Paul Fantoner and Kulisani Mchazamdini both express pessimism about whether or not this turnaround strategy will work. They say if you're really serious, how come you're still looking for a 5 billion Rand guarantee to cover your failures? Why should people believe that this strategy is going to
0: be implemented and it will work? Look, um, the reason we are asking for recapitalization is because today, as we speak,ing the balance sheet is weak because of mistakes that we made in the past. So the starting point uh, is to provide that capital to strengthen the balance sheet, to allow us to drive forward the key initiatives that I've spoken about relating to the strategy.
1: So what tells us that you will be man- you'll manage to then uh, gain some sort of investment and use it, uh, you know, in a manner that will ensure that you are financially viable.
0: Look, I mean the. The key elements uh, of our strategy talk to the key issues that make up for successful airlines. Um, we believe that we've identified the key levers that need to be pulled to ensure that this that airline will becomes successful. Yes.
1: Thank you so much for your time, Mzandile. Uh, pa- Pardon I'm <laughs> thinking of Mzandile who's probably just uh, thinking he's going to kill me for not allowing him to ask. Another question. Apologies for that, Mzandile. I'm South African Airways CEO. Thanks so much for giving us the time. And thanks to the team, Tracy Boomgaard, Misha Shandal and Ku, Kuh, and senior producers, Lungi Mabaso, So thank you our technical producer, Judy Mutupi, foreign producers, Ronald Peary and Jake Mokoma, our executive producers, Busi Chani and Ogresetia. For myself, Tipi Soma and the team, thank you so much for writing to us, your calls, etc. Up next uh, is Morning Talk with Ruwena Bird, but the news now at 9 o'clock with Babachni Chetty.